Hello, hello. I'm your host, Kathleen Gomez, and this is Soak Up the Sports, a show all about summer sports in Spain. On today's final episode of the season, we wanted to do something special to share a sport that is arguably the least known by Americans. It's called paddle. Say hi to my co-host, Liad Lerner. Hey everyone, and yes, this is no joke. I actually had never even heard of this before, so this is how serious we are about this European sport. Yeah, if you didn't know, I'm almost certain our listeners didn't either. (laughs) It's spelled P-A-D-E-L, not to be confused with some water sports known as paddle, like oars, but we're going to take you through its short history, its presence in Europe, and you'll get to hear audio from our trip to a paddle club where we went head-to-head in a game that we were both pretty bad at. (laughs) So, que pasa in España? Here's this week's sport of the summer, paddle. Paddle is most popular in European countries like Italy and Spain, as well as Latin American countries like Argentina and Uruguay. But it was actually founded in Acapulco, Mexico in 1969 by a man named Enrique Coquera. He was an avid squash player who wanted something a little different. He decided to adapt his personal squash court to give it another element, specifically an element of tennis, and eventually the sport of paddle was born. Yeah, paddle sports like tennis and racquetball and everything all share a bunch of features with one another, so it's no surprise that a squash player created paddle. But do you know why, Kathleen? Was squash just not cutting it anymore for him? (laughs) Well, according to Paddle Academy, that's exactly how he felt. He was looking for ways to make the game more interesting, and after playing the game he first called Paddle Coqueta with a few friends, they were collectively able to establish some rules to make it more of a legitimate sport. Eventually, the friends brought the game over to a country club nearby, and the first iteration of Paddle became official. And then the sport evolved even further than that. A lot further. But it did take some time for it to gain the popularity that it holds today. A lot of people didn't understand the necessity for yet another paddle sport. I mean, we already had tennis, racquetball, pickleball, squash, probably other forms of those as well around the world. So the lack of interest in the sport was understandable until people started taking to the court and trying it out themselves. Some would play makeshift games on tennis courts before the world realized it needed more paddle courts. So what exactly makes a paddle court different from a tennis court or a squash court or what have you. So paddle courts are kind of a mix between the two. The dimensions are a little smaller than a tennis court. It's 10 meters wide and about 20 long, but there are walls on each side like a squash court. The sidewalls are made out of mesh gating and the walls on either end of the court are made out of plexiglass. Players typically use tennis balls, but sometimes they're modified to have a little more weight to them. The scoring is actually the same as tennis and the game is played with, of course, paddles, but they aren't like pickleball paddles. They're about the same size as racquetball rackets, but aren't netted. Instead, they're made of punctured fiberglass material, kind of like a foam on the inside so that they have more buoyancy when the ball hits it. Yeah, the rackets are pretty much like a tough cloth with holes in it, pretty much. (laughs) Tough cloth with holes in it is probably the simplest way to put it, so we'll stick with that. But back to the evolution of the sport. It finally gained official international recognition in 1991 when the Federación Internacional de Padel was established. Today, it remains the world governing body of the sport, but it was founded in Madrid by Padel Federation representatives from Argentina, Spain, and Uruguay. 
Paddle wasn't exactly born here in Spain, but it seems like it kind of grew up here. Exactly. It truly evolved to what it is today right here in Spain, especially since the biggest competition started here. The World Paddle Tour is the most important tournament for paddle players by a long shot because the sport doesn't have a super strong presence in any country. So when paddle enthusiasts come together to play, things get intense. The Paddle World Championship has been held every other year since 1992, with the first edition, of course, being held here in Spain. It has both male and female doubles competitions, and can you guess which countries usually take the titles? I guess it has to be Spain, right? Yeah, Spanish players dominate the women's tournament, and Argentinian players dominate the men's. Uh, Argentina, of course. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, they have to practice somehow even when they aren't playing in the World Championships. So are there smaller leagues like year-round too? Yeah, some countries do have smaller leagues. The U.S. and the U.K. both have their own paddle federations. Singapore has an establishment called the Swiss Club, and other nations like Egypt, Denmark, and Finland all hold their own contests too. Do you know if the original founder of Paddle still plays today? So actually, while I was doing my research for this episode, I came across photos of him playing on his at-home court. Not the original court, but nonetheless. An interview he did with Paddle Magazine shows him on his court, paddle in hand, wearing a Hawaiian t-shirt and a big smile on his (laughs) face. The pictures are kind of adorable, and they're linked in the description along with the article if you want to take a look for yourself. All right, well, I think it's time we tell them about our exciting day of paddle. Oh, yes. So to bookend our summer in Spain, we wanted to do something a little extra for this episode. Actually play the sport we're talking about. One of our bosses here at Sound Branding Boutique is actually a huge fan of the game and taught us the basics so that we didn't make complete fools out of ourselves. Yeah, he had the amazing advantage of actually knowing what the rules are. Um, Honestly, for all we knew, he could have been completely bending them to make sure that he won when we were playing him. But yeah, (laughs) he he tried to help us out. So, Liad, I'm sure you learned that my hand-eye coordination is non-existent. (laughs) I was not very good at paddle at all, but even for people like me who are not nearly as good at playing sports as they are at watching them, it was such a fun time. Yeah, it was a decent sport to play, um, even if it was a lot weirder to get the hang of than tennis or even pickleball. Um, And to your point about hand-eye coordination, I do remember my favorite part of the entire day was your very first swing of the paddle where you immediately knocked the ball out of the park. It was amazing. (laughs) It was not my best moment, that's for sure. A little embarrassing that you got that on video, but again, bookend it with the summer. Keep those memories, too. (laughs) But anyway, beginners like us who actually live in Europe have the chance to learn paddle from pros and even amateurs who want more people to enjoy the sport. I sat down with Diego Plotino, an amateur paddle player who is developing his own paddle academy in Stockholm, Sweden. He has lived all over the world and has seen how big of a deal the sport is to Europe. I'm from Argentina originally, but then um, I lived in Europe the last for the last 20 years um, between London and Spain mainly. Now I'm based in Stockholm. 
and uh, well, that has a lot to do with uh, the, the, my paddle story because I started to play really again in in, in Stockholm now because it's like a big boom over there. I'm trying to like start an academy and I'm bringing like professional coaches there, like from Argentina, or Spain, and I am getting into. I'm playing a lot here in Spain now at the moment while while on holidays and. In my opinion, it seems that it's, you know, like all those tennis players, they're not playing tennis anymore or they're switching to paddle, they're coming to paddle. I, I mean, I think it's a big influence now, paddle. It probably is the second most played sport here. The second most played sport in Spain? Wow, that is insane. I, it really has been growing at an incredible rate then, I guess. Yeah, that's what he thinks. Like I said, we've seen the most popular sports on this podcast, so it could be different, but I bet it's probably high up there. Okay. When we decided we wanted to try to play paddle, I googled paddle courts near me, and just in the area we're at, this small little neighborhood, there were dozens of clubs. Diego told me that it really came to be a big deal because of how accessible it is for people. Even like me the most unathletic people even when you play the first time you have a lot you can have a lot of fun because you just you know it's easy to pass the ball to the other side you play with four people you don't need that much technique to be able to have nice balls i don't know in tennis like they say i don't play tennis and i'm, I'm useless in tennis really so if you don't have a certain technique it's, it's difficult you need to first to get that in its time and it's a little bit for preparations and lessons this and that but you just go, you jump into the court and then you, you hit some balls and everyone's laughing and having a good time. And that's the big difference, I, I guess. We can attest to that for sure. When we went to play, I clearly did not have any talent for the sport, but we still had so much fun. So Diego lived in Spain for a little while, though, right? Mm-hmm. How popular would he say paddle is in the country? So from the 12 years he lived here, he said he watched the sport develop from just a fun pastime to a sport with huge tournaments. In Spain, it's massive. Now, I think it's getting, like, even better than before. I mean, there's more people, more kids playing, and uh, it's, it's beautiful, you know. There's, um, it's a boom again, I think, because, you know, I don't know if you know what the World Paddle Tour is, that they biggest competition for the professionals and they were more professional now they broadcasting these uh, tournaments uh, in a really high quality and more and more matches so more people are getting to know what this sport is about because you know there's a lot of people still that never heard of it spain is the biggest country in terms of paddle than argentina diego said he's very excited to open an academy in the future because it will be his own special contribution to the sport I'm, I'm super excited about it because it's a sport that you can, it's easy to play. It's easy, as I said before, it's, it's super easy to have fun. That gave me the chance to be surrounded by people and, you know, and have fun at the same time with some sport. So I think it's the best time for training. <laughs> That's my opinion. I, I would say just book a court and just give it a try. Yeah, it does seem like a relatively easy sport to be able to set up an academy for. It doesn't take up too much space, and it's a really nice kind of leisurely and easygoing sport for athletes to play. Exactly. So maybe when we get back to the U.S., we can find our own places to <laughs> play paddle. But I'm glad I had the chance to talk with someone who is dedicated to making a sport enjoyable for everyone, especially people, again, like me, who are not the most coordinated. But this episode 
wraps up this season of Soak Up the Sports. We had so much fun this summer getting to talk to so many people about these sports. Thank you to Diego Plotino for being a guest on this episode, and a very special thank you to everyone at Sound Branding Boutique for making this podcast what it is. And, of course, I can't forget about my co-host. A huge thank you to Liad for joining me all summer. Hopefully you learned something new. I will admit, uh, as much as I did know about sports here beforehand, you really did teach me a lot of new information, Kathleen, and I have really enjoyed our time here together, so thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And as always, source material for this podcast is in the description. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Sound Branding Boutique to keep up to date with new podcasts and content. Thank you so much for listening to Soak Up the Sports.